Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Baby blue, just like we. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. You had better. Get them up. Get them going. It's Tuesday on uh, Hook Them Up with Ian Rodby. A little cooler this morning. Temperature drop overnight during late this yesterday evening into this morning. Temperatures in the mid-50s. We'll certainly take that feeling a little bit more like Thanksgiving, which is coming up in a couple of days. Already Tuesday of a short week. Longhorns prepping for their big showdown game with the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Showdown in the fact that if the Longhorns win it, they're playing in their first Big 12 championship game in more than half a decade. Big game on Monday Night Football last night. We'll discuss it. What a uh, ball game. The Super Bowl rematch. Eagles-Chiefs physical. Rainy, cold game. But uh, in the end, the fatal flaw of the Kansas City Chiefs continues to be their fatal flaw. Receivers can't catch the ball from Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't help they're the best quarterback in the league. They can't catch it. Uh, but the Eagles get a big road win to stay atop the uh, – solidify their spot atop the NFC in that conference. Also dive into some basketball. Longhorn men shorthanded last night. Not a lot of size and suffered their first loss of a young season. Showed some pretty good grit and fight, though, in a loss to UConn. We'll get to that at the NBA. We've got uh, news from all over to get your Tuesday up and running. We appreciate you being there wherever you find us. This is the 21st of November. Two days to Thanksgiving. Three days to the Longhorn regular season finale as we crank this thing up on 101.9. Also AM 1260. Always streaming for you on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. And this is going to be a fun show. Looking forward to it. Look who it is across the desk as he rolls right in here at the home studios in Onion Creek, Texas, here in South Austin. He is our shutdown corner, manning his side of the program five hours a day, five days a week uh, from the 713 down in Houston. Uh, DB High down there, Lamar High School, also the 512. And DBU, the University of Texas, he has a lifetime Longhorn, uh, then four stops in the National Football League. Near uh, 16 years now doing great radio here in the ATX and beyond. He is uh, our Black Stradamus. He is the football theorist, the proud papa of Baby Monroe. What is up, Rod Babers? Uh, what's up, brother? I appreciate the intro as always. And, uh, man, it's, uh, it's windy out there. Have you been outside? Well, yeah, well, I haven't. Well, I oh, stepped outside to man. let the dog out earlier. And, oh, uh, dude, it's uh, it, that wind is whipping I could out hear there. it, though. It actually woke me up this morning yeah. because something on the roof was kind of blowing around, like tree yeah. limbs on the roof. Yeah, secure all this stuff, whatever it is, because uh, there's a lot of the high winds out there. But uh, doing good. I appreciate the intro. Appreciate the hospitality as well. And uh, as we do every morning, we like to give a shout out to those who serve. We appreciate them because they're up early with us. Uh, we appreciate all those who choose to serve as an honor, but also a burden. So all those uh, who choose to do so, we want to give you a shout out. We know our society is built on the selflessness of service. So we appreciate all those who do so in any capacity, uh, God, country, or community. Uh, the soldiers, first responders, the teachers, nurses, uh, every, every uh, one of you, we appreciate you. Just want to let you know that every morning you're on our minds and on our hearts for sure. 
No doubt about that. And, uh, you know, every day for sure, but this week with uh, the holidays, you know, a lot of folks who oh, do man. serve will be working. Yes. Um, you know, first responders Tough. and uh, Tough all those times. folks out there serving our military, uh, they won't be home with their friends and family. Uh, they're doing what they're doing, and we appreciate that very, very much, and we think about those families as well. Uh, but uh, looking forward to the, to the feast and the family and the football and the fun, Rod. It's coming quick as we're already on to Tuesday. Our last show of the week is tomorrow morning, so we'll uh, do a lot between now and then, 10 hours to get you ready for the whole weekend which is four days of football cowboys on thursday in the middle of a a triple header of the nfl uh which will take center stage huge big big opportunity for the cowboys to get themselves to eight and three long the cowboys didn't get any help from the kansas city chiefs last night in their effort to gain a game in that division and in the nfc we'll certainly recap that game of course friday full slate of football including the longhorns at uh, friday night we will have a pregame show rob we're not going to do a show friday morning just for some programming thoughts to folks who uh, tune in every morning we appreciate it we will not be on friday morning we'll take our our, our extra day yeah. we'll be back with you friday afternoon uh, from campus, Rod, down in the Mockingbird Saloon, getting you ready Sir. for Texas and K-State for the Black Friday Showdown. Senior night for the Longhorns. Uh, it'll be about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We'll be down there 4 to 6, getting you ready for the game. Saturday, of course, another big it's rivalry Saturday and weekend in college football, Rod, oh, yeah, man. Uh, including Ohio State and Michigan. What a game that should be. And then Sunday, a lot of good stuff coming there, including the Jacksonville Jaguars and Houston Texans for first place in the AFC South. Who would have guessed that on November the 21st? Nobody. That is probably – that might be the most surprising storyline, honestly, of the season when you think about it. Uh, there are a lot of surprising ones, but when you think about what the expectations were for the Houston Texans and now they're competing for the division and with C.J. Stroud, definitely going to win Rookie of the Year. But ha- he, right now people have him in the MVP conversation. D'Amico Ryan's looks like he's the front runner for a Coach of the Year right now. Looks like Nick Casario might be in the running for Executive of the Year. Uh, and, yeah, they they're, they could win this division. Uh, right now it's a huge game, and they got a uh, an, an advantage uh, the, over the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars because they beat them at home. Yeah, uh, already beat them well, in back in September. I mean, yeah, at home, but in Jacksonville, in their home. <laughs> you know me, Rod. I'm one to hold the grudge. I, I still can't believe they lost that Carolina game because uh, coming out of the break, the, the the Texans have gone three and one since the bye week, and the one loss was that game at Carolina. Just saw the Cowboys flatten the Panthers. They're not a very good team. Houston has proven to be pretty darn good. I'm not sure how they lost that ball. Everybody's game, got an inexplicable loss, pretty much. The now. Eagles lost to the Jets. Exactly. Everybody's <laughs> got one of them. And Kansas City lost to Denver. Even though Denver's actually getting better. Yeah, Denver's, been Denver's the on the come here. You can't help but watch. I mean, you know, in prime time all the damn time. Well, and Sean, uh, Sean Payton's doing a good job there. <laughs> Sean, no Payton is doing, Sean Payton is a ball coach, so they're doing a really good job. But, uh, yeah, everybody's got one of those. I won't say everybody's got an ex- inexplicable loss now. It feels like it. And Houston, yeah. that one would just put them but both right. at 7-3 and three and a chance to pull oh, ahead. Oh, that Atlanta game, E. Yeah, the Atlanta game. They could have won and should have won that Atlanta game. They could have won and should have won that Atlanta uh, game. I, I, you know, my, my fandom would say they were still learning to win at that point, kind of <laughs> feeling out their season, yeah, and they, they lost go a ahead, tough one. They did. <laughs> well, then the defense let it down. But either way, that's one. But, yeah. Yeah, a lot of great football coming, uh, a lot of great sports over the next few days. So mm-hmm. uh, do, do honor those who, who do serve us uh, every yeah. morning the reason and every we day. can enjoy this holiday. Yeah, so we can kick back, family, get, a, get a day off, yeah. get a morning off or two, and crank this thing up. But let's speaking of cranking it up here on the horn and then uh, hook them up. Let's get you caught up with the top stories of the morning, including that uh, dramatic finish in Kansas City last night. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. It is the NFL, that much-anticipated Super Bowl rematch. On Monday Night Football last night, the game did not disappoint. The visiting Philadelphia Eagles 
held on for a dramatic 21-17 win over defending champion Chiefs. After allowing KC to methodically build a 10-point halftime lead at 17-10, Eagles shut out Patrick Mahomes and company in the final 30 minutes. Jalen Hurts overcame a poor start in that cold driving rain to run for a pair of touchdowns, including that go-ahead tush push in the fourth quarter. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs had a chance. Less than two minutes to go, they converted a key fourth down, benefited from the roughing the passer penalty, and then on second down from midfield, a perfectly placed ball from Mahomes uh, on a post route went right through the hands of wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That would have been a 51-yard go-ahead touchdown. Eagles then sacked Mahomes on third down, stopped them on fourth, and they improved to 9-1. and one. Chiefs fall to 7-3. and three. College Hoops, 15th-ranked Longhorns lost their first game of the young season last night. Rodney Terry's shorthanded squad fell to the defending national champions, UConn, 81-71 in the championship game of the Empire Classic at Madison Square Garden. Just before the tip last night, Texas announced that senior big man Caden Shedrick would not play as he continues to recover from off season shoulder surgery. The 6'11 forward led the Longhorns with 27 points in their win on Sunday, but precautionary, they sat him down, playing without Shedrick as well as forward Dylan DeSue. The undersized Longhorns fell behind by 16 early, rallied in the second half, made it a game, cut it to six, um, but could not get all the way back as the Huskies forward Alice Caravan scored 20, including three clutch jumpers down the stretch. Dylan Mitchell scored a career best 21. Grabbed eight boards for Texas, who fall to four and one. College football seventh-ranked Longhorns begin game week prep for their regular season finale with Texas Tech this Friday night at DKR. First place Horns can clinch a spot in next Saturday's Big 12 championship game with a win Friday night. Program will also honor 25 seniors who will play their final home game at his weekly Monday news conference yesterday. Head coach Steve Sarkeesian discussed how important it's been that that group bought in to he and the coaching staff as far as the program's improvement. I think we've developed trust with our players, that our players know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to always tell them the truth. Um, sometimes they may want to hear it, sometimes they may not, but they know where I'm coming from, that it's ultimately in their best interest because my job as a coach and our coaching staff is to try to put our players in the best position to be successful. Uh, if you missed it late last week, six of those seniors who will be honored on Friday night, five on defense, officially accepted invitations to play in the 75th annual Reese's Senior Bowl on February 3rd in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, it's starting 2024 there. Senior Bowl is the preeminent college football all-star game, also an important stage in the NFL draft process. Defensive tackles Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, Tavondre Sweat are headed there. They'll be joined by linebacker Jalen Ford and defensive back Jade Barron. Right tackle Christian Jones, lone offensive player to accept, but six of them headed to Mobile. NBA last night, Clippers crushed the Spurs, 120. 499. Now, nine straight losses for San Antonio. Uh, Rockets came up short at Golden State, 121 116. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non perishable food items from Capillary Food Bank. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Yeah, I don't understand how the Kansas City Chiefs <clears throat> and their management don't see that their wide receiving core is going to cost them another Super Bowl right now. It's just – it is. That they, – they can't – this is unsustainable. They got 26 drops on the season. In they 10 lead, games. They lead the NFL. Almost three a game, Rod. <laughs> they lead the NFL in drops. Obviously, that's the most uh, for Patrick Mahomes since he took over as a starter. 21% of Patrick Mahomes' incompletions this season have been drops. Crazy. Yeah, I mean it's uh, and and, and there, look, it's one thing to to not catch balls when you're open, which you're by the way, Marquez Valdez Scanlon, oh. that one, that is, I mean the guy's making ten million dollars. You're a pro receiver, catch the ball. Wow, um, beautiful, I mean, throw. beautiful throw. He streaked beautiful right. They got him lined up on. The, I mean, they, and that came out of a timeout. Uh, they had taken a TV break and they came back, and you, you know Andy Reid dialed that up, brought him out of the slot, mm. got him locked up on a on a safety, and he's oh. one of their fastest receivers and. 
Uh, just it was it was perfect. I mean, it's the game winner. It's, you know, they still would have had to stop the Eagles, who would have had you know minute and a half to go, and would have been you know down a field goal. Which I'm like, man, that would have been dramatic. I want to see this. Uh, and in the end, it just went right through his hands, hands like feet, and mm. bang, bang, bang. But yeah, 26 drops rod. Uh, the the Chiefs have now been thrown out, shut out. I believe in three straight second halves. They're the worst second half scoring team in the league. Yeah. And, and I think it relates to the wide receivers. I think it goes back because I think their 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 number one weapon is is obviously Travis Kelsey on offense. And I think it's easier to defend Travis Kelsey in the second half, especially when you don't have to worry about the threat of wide receivers in the passing game. You can trust them one on one, even if they beat your man to man. Hell, there's a good chance they'll drop it if it's not a perfect throw. Yeah. Uh, I I I've been I've been saying it for a while, and I think you're in agreement. Everybody's in agreement, man. They, how did they not trade for somebody at the well, trade I deadline? believe they tried. I just don't know that anybody that was going to help that much came available. Uh, but who knows? Harder. They should have tried harder. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, very, they're, they're a creative front office, and they're a really good front office. Brett Veach is one of the best GMs out there. That's a, that's a dang mistake. I think it's going to cost them. They, they, they're not going to win the Super Bowl with that wide receiving core. Uh, no they won't, well, and, I know they've been watching Tom Brady and the Patriots, and they want to copy that model. Uh, I think, right, I, I don't – Man, I don't know if Tom Brady had a wide receiving core this bad. This is a bad one. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, again, not only do they have to lead the league in drops, they also don't don't get open that often, right? Exactly. I mean, it, 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 you can tell that's one of the reasons they're getting shut out in these second halves. Once they get off Andy Reid's script and the, the game plan, hmm. um, you know, you, you got to get open against you – know, Miami shut them out in Germany. Uh, the Eagles shut them out in the second half. Won, they won the game in Germany because they were able to get a defensive touchdown, which the defense played really well again last night they for did. the Chiefs. Uh, but the Eagles, you know, give them credit. I know Cowboys fans don't like giving the division – Rivals credit, you know that that's a tough place to go in and win. To, yep. to be tough, to be physical, it was a, it was an ugly night weather-wise. Uh, didn't play well in the first half outside of one drive. Uh, but man, they they lean into their physicality, Rod. They lean into that that uh, that that identity, and um, you know they're 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 a tough team. That's they the are. number one thing. They just they find ways. They, they they've kind of mastered in the NFL the idea of winning ugly, winning ugly mm-hmm. games, and that's that's the game. You know, you and I are Texans fans. That was the best part about Saturday Sunday's win for Houston. They won a game where they played bad. You know, yeah. that's, a, that's a big step for yeah. an organization when you can seven. play poor and your quarterback throws three picks and you still win a game. Okay, that's a step forward. I yeah. mean, you know, you, you Texas could, football is good. Yeah, you're right about that. I was going to say yeah. that exact thing. The yeah. Longhorns are finding that, that you, good organizations, good programs find a way to win the game when, they're, when they don't have their fastball, you mm-hmm. know, because yep. you're not always going to have your fastball. Uh, you're just not. You have to learn how to pitch without it. And uh, the, the Eagles have mastered it. They're 9-1 and one for the second straight year. Only, only the second team since uh, the, the last team to go nine and one in back-to-back years the Peyton Manning Colts of the mid-2000s um wow pretty good so they're they're now two games clear in the NFC and get a big win Chiefs I agree with you uh the fatal flaw of the receivers is going to be a problem for them big picture and they can't fix it now yeah you can't fix it now yeah right all you got to do is develop now and I'm sure the guys will get better um but how much better and right now they're one of the worst wide receiving groups in the in the league and it's and and Patrick Mahomes is trying. I believe the stat now is, I've been keeping up with it, Patrick Mahomes has a completion to at least 10 different players in seven games this season. That is the most by any quarterback in the Super Bowl era. So he is, he's looking. He's searching. 
And as right? you said, when you hear that, that's kind of cool. Like, no, that's bad. That's like, yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, that's a cool. Nope, that's not a cool. That stack. means you don't have a guy. Yeah, he's got Travis Kelsey, but he's in terms of the wide receiving core, he's looking. He's like, man, any of y'all guys want to step up? I will. Hey. I'll give it to you. I am not <laughs> – I don't discriminate right now. If you can get open and you can catch the ball, you're my guy. And none of them can do it consistently. It's crazy what's going on with the Chiefs wide receiving core. And obviously in prime time, a lot of eyeballs. We know the numbers there, but to see it just – I mean, it, it, that, that ball bounding off the hands of Marquez Valdez scandling is just the, the story of their season. And it, it, it encapsulates it right there. That play is like, oh, geez, really? Because yeah. it was a, a great route, perfectly thrown ball. Um, you know, you just got to make that catch. I mean, you're, pro, you're a professional receiver. That's in high school. I mean, yeah. run through the run through the ball, catch it, yeah. and uh, you know we, that's that's the guy that they they signed in free agency to be one of those, and uh, you know they've obviously missed. I mean, they thought he could be a you know they traded Tyree Kill and thought they could go receiver by committee uh, a little bit more. They drafted a guy like Sky Moore. They drafted uh, Rasheed Rice, as you mentioned at SMU. Uh, they traded for Kadarius Tony to get him back. Mm-hmm. Miko Hardeman, but those are just guys, right? They're just guys, and right that, now they are, yeah, and. You know, that's that that. But you know what? If you have like to, to, as we talked about the Patriots model, where you play great defense now and you have this great quarterback, and maybe you don't invest heavily in the receiving core. I get it. You still got to catch the ball. You got to that's five receivers that get, That's the, that's a job. That's the job description. The basic job description of our receiver: catch the football. Your job is to catch the football. You receive the football. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm with you. They still, by the way, they're still good because they had a double digit lead on the Eagles at one point. With all that, with all those issues, they still had a double-digit lead on them, and they couldn't keep it. And I think part of the reason they couldn't keep it is because they couldn't cash in on some of those grand opportunities. And by the way, they had red, they had red zone turnovers. That'll always hurt you too. They had red zone turnovers, actually. Uh, I think that came back to haunt them. So they're still a great team. They're still a really good team. But I don't know. I don't know if you beat the best team in the NFC with a wide receiving core like that, because that's what they'd have to do to win the Super Bowl. And I don't know if they do that because Philly right now looks like the best team in the NFC. The NFC is, you know, right now uh, looks like it's got the 49ers you got to deal with. You got Philly. Hell, Dallas should be able to beat this Philly team too. That's another thing I was thinking about watching the game. I was like, and I know Dallas has got some issues and they're improving. But, man, Dallas should be able because they're so flawed. And, and they find other ways to win, but they're not a perfect football team at all. No. And Dallas played a great game against Philadelphia. Yeah, they they outplayed them. Um, and just like you said, they Philly just well, beat them think in about clutch it, the, moments. You know, the, the rain, the weather was a factor last night, but you know Mahomes had, was 177 yards and uh, was kind of a ground and pound kind of game. Both teams came out of their bye week looking to run the ball a little bit more, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean Dak threw 370 on that defense. Uh, CD Lamb did where he wanted to do. That's not a great pass defense. I think it's better with Kevin Byard, the uh, safety they traded for from Tennessee. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was that, that's that's the team the Cowboys should be able to beat. But that's why last night's game. I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're, you're you know, Marquez Valdez scaling MVS, not your enemy, because they, they would have likely won that game if he catches that ball. And you're now just a game back of the Eagles, and you still have, you have that game coming up, yeah. coming out of Thanksgiving, hosting them in Arlington, where all of a sudden you can get even with them and um, for the stretch run of December, because the Cowboys are playing some really good football right now. They Dak are. Prescott playing as well as any quarterback in the league right now. That defense is good for you know, seven to ten points a game, it feels like, between the defense and special teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, 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 a, that's a tough nut to crack right now. Cowboys are right there, but you need the Eagles to take some losses. 
Yeah, you do. I mean, because you, you lost that think. Cardinals game, and then yeah. you lost the head-to-head to them when you had no business losing that game on a Sunday night. I knew that Cardinals game was going to catch up to you. You just knew it was. It's already starting to catch up to the Cowboys a little bit, but still got you know plenty of season to go. And uh, I think the Cowboys keep playing like this offensively. You know, they got a shot to maybe knock off the Eagles next time they play them. Uh, especially at home, especially at home, because yeah. they'll get the return engagement. That's why that one been big to get both. I mean, that all of a sudden but gives you, you a huge tiebreaker down yeah. the stretch. And uh, but you know, give some the Eagles some credit. They show some grit and uh, still, 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 a, you know, the team to beat uh, in the NFC. I know the Niners have looked good coming out of their bye week with back to back wins with Brock Purdy. And, as long as they're healthy, I think they had another injury too. They lost. Uh, man, who they lose? The, the safety. Uh, Ufunga. Oh, Funga, yeah. yeah. They lost him, I think, for the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's uh, their, their captain out. in the back end. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, injuries are going to happen. Uh, but you, they need to stay as healthy as they can. If they keep their core together. I think the Niners are right there. Detroit's 8-2, and two, and they're going to play on Thanksgiving Day just like the Cowboys will. They'll play the Packers. Uh, that's another team right there to, to win that game over the Bears where they came out flat, maybe a look-ahead game because they're playing the Packers this Thursday uh, in that uh, rivalry game. Uh, they didn't play well. They got behind, and they became the first team in a long time to come from two touchdowns down in the last four minutes to win that game for Dan Campbell. Uh, Jared Goff threw a touchdown pass. And they got the ball back, went down, scored again, and they win that game where the, they didn't play well. That's a talk about the Texans, Cowboys, mm-hmm. the Longhorns. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a good sign, Rod, when you can win – Without your fastball. Yeah. The Lions did it. And now they'll take center stage on, on uh, Turkey Day at noon with that game with the Packers. Cowboys will play the Commanders on Turkey Day. And then uh, the, five, the Niners playing the primetimer that night. Oh, uh, yeah, with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Right? Yeah, that'll be a real good game. Real well, good. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, Seattle, they, they're an interesting team, man. I, I, they, they're so up and down. Sometimes I see Seattle and they're playing, you know, Great football, and then I see them sometimes. I guess the Ravens, I can get dominated by the Ravens. Speaking of, the Ravens are first place now in the AFC. They're at the top of the AFC now at, uh, what, 8-3. and three. Looks like the Ravens are at the top of the – and then you got multiple teams now. Uh, they're at, tied for second place in the AFC, but give it up for the Ravens. 8-3, uh, and three, the Chiefs, Browns, Dolphins, and Jags all now 7-3. and three. And the and the Ravens are 8-3. Yeah, I Number mean, one seed. we're starting to see it come into shape, and uh, uh, we and, will certainly look forward to the games this weekend. And the Ravens have given away a game. Two or, or three two. games, yeah. Yeah, they've had double-digit leads in two of those three losses. Well, and now they're in a division where Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson are both out for the year. Um, Pittsburgh's not very good. I think Pittsburgh's you know, playing on borrowed time right now. They couldn't even beat Cleveland without uh, – you know, they're down to the, the, the rookie um, the rookie quarterback, and they, that's a game you got to take advantage of, and they couldn't. Lost that game at the gun 13-10. to 10. So I think, it's, I think Baltimore's going to separate in that division. Just you know, without Joe Burrow, without Deshaun Watson, they're going to take some they got losses. they the only good quarterback. In yeah, right now, because <laughs> Kenny Pickett – not the guy uh, at this point. Uh, at least it doesn't appear. And you can talk about the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, there. So that does feel like a division the, the Ravens can just pull away, kind of like the uh, Detroit Lions over in the NFC North, where you just over, you, know, you, you just keep winning and people fall by. And then you start talking about home playoff games and the games, you know, the home field advantage, the one bye that each you know, conference gets. We're heading into December. That's where you start thinking about those kind of things. And that's why that's another big loss for the Chiefs to drop back to 7-3. Yeah, and three. it's huge for the Chiefs. You're fighting the Ravens. You're going to end up fighting Miami for you know the one seed and the week off and home field. Uh, Ravens now have the inside track on that. Hey, I mean, e, we haven't seen Patrick Mahomes play a road playoff game, have we? 
No, it's always an arrowhead. Because <laughs> right? he, 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 well, he so dominates his division. Yeah. <laughs> and they find a way to get the home field. And uh, right? you're right about so that. He, I mean, he ends up playing the Super Bowl, obviously. That's neutral. But I mean, so th- that's why this is big. If, if they don't even, you know, I would love to just see them, especially, you know, with that bad receiving core, have to play on the road. That's I don't I mean I, I don't I can't say it's bad because I've never seen it so I don't know <laughs> yeah, how it's gonna right. look but I mean, it can't be as advantageous as playing at home for the Chiefs. No, that's a that's a really good home field advantage for them, and uh, so is Baltimore by the way having to play in be more. That is true. Uh, ain't easy with Lamar Jackson. So those are your two top teams in the AFC. I think Miami would like to make a case for that. Buffalo gets in their own way, so they're not there. Jacksonville, Houston. Uh, somebody's going to be on top of that division come Sunday. Uh, Cowboys chasing the Eagles. All right, there's some NFL coming out of the Monday night matchup. Uh, we'll get behind the burn orange curtain coming up. Longhorn Senior Night. Steve Sarkeesian, man, loquacious yesterday. He Indeed. was uh, yeah. spewing, talking. Uh, you can tell he's proud of his program, proud of his team to go on the road and get that win, show that uh, – you know, they took it personal with Iowa State and, uh, you know, personal in that the, the, they challenged their culture, right? They got called out and they didn't like it. And uh, this is the first time in a while we've seen the Longhorns respond, right? I, when you hear things like Joey McGuire said after the win last year and what the offensive lineman for the Iowa State said, you know, in past years, that's been true. I mean, that's, you know, that's been the fact. This program, this current group has changed that because uh, they are, yeah, that. they do have a culture. They do have physicality. They, and don't call them out on it because they, they now take pride in it, which is a good thing for the, for the program moving forward. We'll talk about that here from Sark, talking about his team headed into senior night and a chance to clinch a spot in the Big 12 championship. Rod will take us behind the BOC. Some uh, uh, what the facts before the end of the hour on a busy Tuesday, short week, Thanksgiving week here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby just getting warmed up. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Happy Thanksgiving. Tuesday already. Two days out to the big day. The football weekend begins. It started last night, really, with uh, a good one on Monday Night Football. Looked like it was building to be a classic. And then MVS Marquez Valdez-Scanling dropped the ball. Because uh, it mm. felt like, man, that was going to be a touchdown and then the Eagles are going to have a minute in 2025 to try to go get a field goal. Just felt like it was one of those epic finishes. It still was it a good finish. Yeah, it still but, was really uh, good, it was really good, considering it was raining and everything. kind of went bloop. You know what yeah. I mean? When he dropped well, the ball, it was like, oh. so anticlimactic. It was like, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> that could have been a great, great end, great oh, climax. That, that, well, yeah, that's the come off the couch moment. Oh, touchdown. Yeah, now we got, now we got a game. Can they stop him? Can Jalen Hurts engineer a you know, game-time field goal drive? And all that was go, would go into that. Uh, and I give the Eagles credit because that was the second down play when he dropped the ball, deflated the crowd. But then they got a big sack. How about uh, they did. sweat coming off the edge yeah. on that third down? Then they had that uh, intentional in, grounding. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that was the, the sack on third down made it. Big. It was kind of like the Longhorns against Iowa State the other night when uh, when Byron Murphy mm-hmm. ragdolled the quarterback and uh, put it into fourth and, you know, way forever. And uh, they were able to get off the field and then run out the clock. <laughs> Same thing for the uh, for the Eagles last night. All right. So a uh, lot going on. We also had the Longhorn basketball team. And that was tough. I, I tuned into that game last night. And I think a lot of Longhorn fans did. And the first thing you hear is that Caden Shedrick won't play. And if you call, saw Caden Shedrick, the Virginia transfer, the team's tallest player, 6'11", I mean, he was the dude uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday when he scored 27 points. And really, Longhorns don't come close to winning that game over Louisville without him. Uh, but even in that game, you could see him grimacing at times with the shoulder. 
uh, that he wears the brace on. He had uh, labrum surgery this off season, and they're kind of bringing him along slowly. But shoulder that process, you did That's yeah. what ended your career, right? Yeah, yeah. Shoulder issues are just yeah, they're they're annoying. Yeah. Now, he doesn't have to tackle people, but he yeah. does bang but people. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it, until you get it totally here, trying to play through it. Because I played through it for a season. It is it, it's a miserable pain. So it's, and it's a pain tolerance issue, but also a strength issue. You just don't have to strengthen it uh, that she wants it. So, uh, yeah, I know I, I can relate to that. It's tough for the young man. But Dylan Mitchell <clears throat> had a great game. I mean, he showed up. Uh, had you know a career game, basically, uh, in a loss to UConn. 21 points. That's a career high for him. Uh, also was a game high. He was a 9 of 12 from the field. That was great. Eight rebounds. Four of those on the offensive side. Uh, two blocks and a steal. I mean, it, that's you, – you get that kind of performance from Dylan Mitchell – um, he's going to turn a lot of eyes. Uh, he's going to turn a lot of heads, too, especially in the NBA, which is what he's looking to do. Uh, you know, the, you're exactly right about Dylan Mitchell came to play. And that, that's yeah. what you, you know, you no moral victories here. You lost the game to it. By the way, do you know that the, uh, the, the, the UConn Huskies, the defending national chance for Dan Hurley, uh, they're setting records now. They have now won 22 straight non-conference games by double digits. 22 in a row. That the kid hit two free throws late when it's an eight-point game, made it a ten-point game. Yeah, that's 22 straight now when they've played out of their conference. Uh, they don't play an easy schedule typically, and uh, that's a really good team. And the Longhorns got that back to within six. They showed some fight, and you can build on that because in addition to Caden Shedrick not playing, Rod, you're playing without Dylan DeSue, mm-hmm. who's your second biggest guy. Yeah. Uh, so you had really no front line. No I mean, Zarek and Anyema was down there, and you know Brock Cunningham. You're trying to bang, and they got out to that big lead. That first 10 minutes really crushed the Longhorns. I think there was a little natural letdown when it was announced that Shedrick wouldn't play, and uh, that was going to be an uphill battle. But, uh, you know, Longhorns, young season. You build on those things, and uh, you're trying to be your best come early January when you start your conference slate, which we know will be a gauntlet in the Big 12. Oh, it's going to be a baton. That death march is going (laughs) to Yeah, I mean, you got three, four national title contenders just in your your conference alone. But the beauty of that is you'll be battle-tested. All right, that's the beauty of coming out of a conference like the Big 12. You go into the tournament, tournament isn't as daunting as it is for a lot of other teams because, man, you have been battle-tested or you will be in the Big 12. No doubt. All right, uh, let's talk some Texas football. That's uh, the top topic outside of what we saw last night. Uh, Longhorns gearing up for Friday's game at 10-1. and one. We'll also look at the college football playoff rankings, which will be out tonight. Uh, did Longhorns any movement at all on that? Uh, Longhorns can't worry about it. They just got to handle their business. But they're getting ready for a big win with a, a Texas Tech team. Not a great team, Rob, but they've won three in a row. They've kind of changed their identity here midseason from the Bear Raid to a power running team with Taj Brooks. So we'll learn more about them over the next couple of days. But right now, let's go behind the BOC. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian met with the media, as always. His Monday uh, press conference and Monday media availability. Uh, short week, though, of course, because we know it is uh, the Thanksgiving week for the Longhorns. So they'll be on a short week. So he spoke to the media about, obviously, Iowa State, but did speak about Texas Tech, too. But first, let's hear from the head coach talking about that big win, as he called it a culture win, uh, when their culture was challenged versus Iowa State on the road names. Alrighty, uh, quick recap of the of the ball game the other night. Um, you know, going back through the tape, I, I thought our guys played a really good football game. Uh, I know, I know we had some self inflicted wounds in the first half um, that took two touchdowns off the board, uh, and naturally, you know, had the fumble uh, inside the ten. 
Um, but I thought our guys, you know, did a great job keeping their poise and composure. Uh, our defense continued to play well. We came out in the second half. Uh, and of our five possessions, you know, two touchdowns, a field goal. We had the one punt, and then we finished the game with the ball in our possession at the end of the game. So really efficient uh, second half. Um, I, I thought that, you know, defensively, again, our ability to, to stop the run, um, to you know, pretty much make them one-dimensional. Uh, and, again, we gave up the one pop pass to the tight end there in short yardage, but I thought our defense had a heck of a game. I uh, thought offensively the balance was there uh, without, you know, obviously not having Jonathan. I thought Cedric Baxter really showed up. Uh, it was a nice job by Jaden Blue and, and, his, and his ability to, to step into the fold. Uh, so all in all, I, again, I thought we played a really good game. Um, controlled the game, even you know, just on, on our on our mindset, uh, even into the that fourth quarter. So um, again, I, I again I like the poise that our guys showed in that game when things you know clearly weren't going our way, and and we we were kind of stubbing our own toes there in the first half. But nobody panicked, uh, and I thought you know that's a sign of maturity for our team. Uh, so that that was a that was a real positive there. Uh, let's start talking about the win at uh, Ames. And, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, uh, Jerry Hamilton, I was talking to him yesterday on On Texas Football, the uh, Inside Texas YouTube channel, talking Texas football all the time. You can always uh, catch uh, me on there. My man E. Hogan's on there doing uh, some great work on the in-game live watch as well. But he brought, he said, uh, you know, this has been a culture season. Uh, for Texas, right? Establishing the culture. There's a lot of discussion about culture in this uh, in this press conference, media availability. As a matter of fact, I don't know if we will have time to play it. We probably should, but it's a five, close to a five-minute answer from Sark when he was asked by Anwar Richardson of Orange Bloods, you know, define culture. And he looked like he was waiting on somebody to ask him that question. He just, <laughs> he's like, all right, uh, how much time we got here? And he just went off for like four, five minutes. I think we'll have time to play it, of course, but it's, it's good. It's really good. It's meat. But it, it shows you how, um, how, really, how much thought he's put into the culture of this program and this season. And I like the way my man Jerry put it. It's a culture season. Um, and you talked about it, uh, e, that was a culture win at Ames. And that's why maybe all the guys were so proud of it. It was because it did exemplify it was the epitome of their culture. And a lot of different guys contributing. Jay Witt, Gunnar Helm. You know, these aren't the stars of the show necessarily, right? Your main stars are X-Men. And, you know, Jay Brooks was your star. And JT Sanders and A.D. Mitchell. And it was strange that in this culture win, the guys that stepped up were C.J. Baxter, Gunnar Helm, Jay Witt. And I think that was, you know, that's kind of a microcosm. And that's part of what Stark's so proud of that, no, no. We can go out there. It doesn't have to be if our if our you know top uh, front line guys, if our top players, our elite players, if they're not having a great day or they're being taken away, we can still win. To your point about uh, you know finding a way to win ugly, that's part of winning ugly. Other guys have to step up in that role, and that I think is something Tech should be proud of in that game. Your your top plays were made by. Like, I love that movie, The Other Guys. You ever seen them with Mark Wahlberg and uh, Will Ferrell? Oh, you've seen that, Ty, right? The Other Guys? Yeah, great film. Great film. See? The classic comedy. You need, t- I'm telling you, E, this, this holiday weekend. The Other Guys. The Other Guys. You should watch it with the family. Y'all will enjoy it. It's, it's worth it. It's worth the watch. I'm telling you. Because, uh, actually, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell are a pretty good comedy duo. But I digress. Getting back to it, this, it's about the other guys, not necessarily the, the stars of the show. It's about the other guys. And that's what that, that Iowa State win was about. It was about the other guys. Jay Witt, 
Helm, C.J. Baxter, they stepped up. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, the, 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 they, you hope that those guys, I mean, they're the grit guys, right? They're the uh, uh-huh. not the stars of the team kind of thing. Blue guys. Uh, but, you know, the, and we'll play it. We've got five hours, so we will play his uh, four-and-a-half, five-minute you know, thoughts on culture and how you build culture and what that actually means. And I mean, it was it was it went viral yesterday because you know guys like John Gordon, the 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 uh, the motivational and you know, best-selling author, was retweeting Sark's words on that of how how to do it. I, I shared it with Colonel Craig Flowers, our you know specialist in leadership. He was uh, he enjoyed it a lot because it's true. It's all truth about, it. and it's not just for sports. That's why those guys are it's, any leader, any any organization, any business can learn from what Sark said yesterday um, because it is true. You're Culture is what you do all the time. Yep. And everybody in your in your group does all the time. I mean, it's just the way you act as a team, the way you act as a as a unit, and that's really what it's about. But it's not easy. And Sark, the biggest word he used was organic. It's organic. You can't put it on a T-shirt. Um, you know, if you think of the move of the uh, show – Ted Lasso, which, you know, I saw, I heard John, Jim Harbaugh yeah. talking about yesterday, but he was doing it in, in quips and jokes like Jim Harbaugh does. Um, but, you know, Sark didn't say anything about Ted Lasso, but, you know, the, the believe sign that's up over the, the, the wall in the show, Ted Lasso. But, but, yeah, you can put the sign up, but then you have to believe it. You got to mm. do it. It's every yep. day. And if you, shot, you watch the run of that show over time, the culture changed and the attitudes changed. And I think that's what Sark is saying, that you got to be every day and intentional about it, uh, top to bottom, coaches, players. And that's that's what's fun about seeing this team take that step because a lot of these wins, you know, are coming because of the culture, because of, you know, the ability to not play great all the time. But guess what? On, on fourth and, you know, four stops from the five-yard line, you're going to win a football game. Uh, or you need to run out the clock against Iowa State or you need somebody to step up and make a play. You know, this team has guys there that are, are bought in and playing for one another, uh, yep. the number one thing. Totally agree. Um, and playing for one another has got them ten wins in the regular season for the first time since 2009. And Sark's first ten-win season as a head coach here. Steve Sarkeesian talking about uh, that accomplishment. Um, and then ultimately for us to get our 10th win, um, which is, you know, it's obviously as, as players and as coaches, you're always look, kind of looking to, you know, those benchmarks throughout a season. You know, bowl eligibility is always something that, that people point to. You know, 10-win seasons is always something people point to. Uh, conference championships, something people point to. Bowl game, uh, and then naturally, you know, if there's a CFP opportunity, so uh, it's a great benchmark for us to hit. I know uh, the guys, the coaches were excited about it, but I think um, you know all of us would would tell you the same thing. You know, we're not done yet, and we know that there's there's more out there for us to do. Um, the goals that we had set for ourselves, you know, at the at the start of the season, uh, are still there for us. Um, so you know, we're, we're looking forward to kind of continuing the mission, continuing the journey. All right, and uh, that mission uh, will be uh, Texas Tech coming up uh, this weekend. And Sark was asked about the Red Raiders, and uh, here is Sark breaking down the Longhorns' next upcoming opponent. And, uh, you know, Friday night game. It's only our second night game of the year. Uh, we know uh, it, was, it was a great spectacle, uh, the first night game that we have, and we're looking forward to another uh, awesome opportunity this Friday night. It'll be senior night for our seniors to celebrate them and all that they've done for our program. And I think that, uh, you know, I've been pretty adamant and pretty clear about what those guys have meant to our program. Uh, and so a chance to honor them will be great, uh, a chance for us to kind of uh, solidify an, an opportunity to play in the Big 12 championship game uh, is obviously exciting uh, on that front. 
Um, and then hopefully for our fans to celebrate this team, you know, to, to where this team has come. And I know what everybody's gone through over the last decade or so. And so for the fact that this team has one more opportunity to play in DKR, you know, Friday night, uh, we're looking for a, a, a raucous, uh, intense crowd, uh, one that uh, fuels our players with energy. But hopefully, again, like I always say, the players have to do their part. We have to do their, our part to, uh, to fuel the fans with energy, too. So hopefully everybody can make it. Everybody have a little uh, turkey on, on Thursday. Enjoy your Friday afternoon and then, and then get to DKR for, I think, for us, uh, an, awesome, an awesome ball game against a really good opponent. You know, I think Tech, you know, it, it really had a tough start to the season. I know we, we all go through it and you never know when injuries show up, uh, but they were fighting that injury bug earlier in the year. Um, and I think, you know, as you could see them getting themselves healthier and healthier, and they've strung together three in a row now. They're playing really good defense. Um, they're running the football extremely well, uh, kind of have changed philosophically that way. Um, so we know we're going to get their best shot. And so we've got to do a great job of preparation this week for, for a heck of a ball club. And um, should be a, should be an exciting night, Friday night. Yeah, they are running the ball a little bit more. It is a weird uh, philosophical shift, and I think it was out of necessity because quarterbacks kept going down. I mean, you need a new identity to the offense when you're working with your third-string quarterback. That's not going to work. And uh, Tosh Brooks is really talented. And this tech team is running the football probably as probably as much as you as any tech team you remember in the last 15 years, <laughs> 15 20 years or so. We know it's funny. Um, you'll be Taj Brooks, their best player offensively right now. Yes. And their offensive line is bad in pass protection. So you were, you know, I know when we were previewing Texas Tech, the idea was they're bringing their whole offensive line back. But as we said, there are a lot of Tech fans going, should they? Really? <laughs> Do we, we didn't replace those guys. <laughs> what about the transfer board? <laughs> yeah. uh, but they're, they're better in run block. I mean, so they run a lot of gap scheme. They run a lot of power. They run behind Taj Brooks. And, you know, I, you know, it was my buddy Mike Craven on uh, the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football last night. We recorded our uh, weekly Eyes on Texas podcast, and he gave the stat that the, he looked into the numbers of Jeff Trailer and Joey McGuire, Rod, mm-hmm. two, coll- two high school coaches. Oh, yeah. Over the course of their career. Now, Joey McGuire, if you combine last year and this year and what, uh, what Jeff Trailer has done at UTSA, 18-2 and two in the month of November, those wow. two, which – yeah. That's what you do in high school. You just keep get, trying to fix yeah, problems. Just playoffs. keep trying to fix so you problems. Get to the playoffs, and that's when you want to be people. Probably, you call them problem peak. solvers, right? Yeah, we talked about Matt Campbell time. a little bit like that last week. Yep. That you know that's yep. how that's how you coach in high school. You're not you can't go add anybody. You can't go find that's anybody. Exactly right. And okay, well that's not working. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's try to go win football games. And Joy McGuire, that, that that's their best course of of action. And guess what? They're as he said, they're losing. They're winning close games. They're running the ball. They're protecting their defense a little bit. Uh, they're still doing it out of tempo. Uh, but, the, you know, the, this game for me, the reason the Longhorns are a two-touchdown favorite is they, those are similar styles, right? You're right. Texas kind of plays that style, too. They just do it at a kind of a heavyweight level. I think right now T- Texas Tech would be a middleweight. Yeah. Um, it's what they, yeah I mean, they run, they've run the ball at least 40 times in four of the last six games. And they've won three in a row. Uh, and they've won three in a row. And it's it's strange. They're not always productive right in the football either. They're just committed to it. Like, there are <laughs> yeah. times where they're averaging three and a half, 3.4, three yards. And how about this? In three of the last four games, they've averaged less than four yards per carry. And yet they just they keep running it. And they're still running for it. So it's, they committed to it against Texas. I don't know if that's going to work against Texas. Rush You're kind of playing right into what they want you to try to right. do. I would say rush for nine yards. K-State was a top five rushing offense, and they had their lowest rushing output since 2014. 
against you know, Texas. With, I, with dual threat, duo dual threat quarterbacks, which were, which is really hard to defend. So I. Uh, Taj Brooks is good. I don't know if he's that good. Yeah. Well, it, I'll go back to Joey McGuire. I think he'll. I think he'll know better than to try that. And you got to try, but at the same time, you if you have to abandon it, you kind of know you maybe could get some in breaking routes and throw do the like ball. A, they'll do like U of A. They do like U of A. U of A. The first two drafts, they're like handing it off, trying to run the ball, and then they'll say, "No, let's just go. <laughs> just we'll throw go it around. Throw it around. It's our only chance here. Yeah. Well, it's like a boxing match. He's, he's bigger and stronger than me. Let me just start throwing haymakers and see if I land one. Yeah, you know? cause, exactly. Because <laughs> you're yeah, you got no shot. You trying to sit in there. The longer you, you can't box with this guy. No, you're gonna get I got I got to hit him on the chin. Okay, uh there's some behind the BOC. We'll do it throughout the morning here more from Sark. Somebody said any injury update. Sark did say yesterday that he did. He doesn't think any of the guys who got nicked up on Saturday are not going to play. He said you got to ask him on he Thursday. Said he no more on Turkey Day, but right now as of Monday, he felt pretty good that Xavier Worthy uh, DJ Campbell, JT Sanders, Jaday Barron was another guy. Was should be good to go yeah. uh, coming up in this game. All right, uh, lot to do. Let's roll forward. The What the Facts segment coming your way on this Tuesday as we're getting you cranked up. Quick note: we're also streaming live on. Twitter right now, or X, if you'd like X. to listen to our program. You can do that right there, okay. uh, just the audio right now. But you can listen there as addition to 101.9 AM 1260. And, of course, always streaming for you on our Horn app and at hornfm.com. And on Twitch this morning, or on uh, X this morning, formerly known as Twitter. Let's hook them up with Ian Rodby. <laughs> Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 101.9 AM 1260, The Horn. Tuesday on the Horn. Appreciate your communication on the uh, text line. Always easy to do. 512-447-3776. Appreciate everybody weighing in. If you're uh, kind of a getaway day, maybe today, tomorrow, wherever you're headed, people coming in, take some time off. Uh, make sure you're uh, locking it in on the Horn app. Also at hornfm.com, we'll have you covered uh, today and tomorrow, five hours a day. Three days a week. This week we'll be off Friday, Thursday, and Friday morning. We will be with you on the pregame show. If you're coming out to DKR and are looking nice. for a spot to get ready for the game, yes, weather sir. looks great on Friday. Uh, come on down to the Mockingbird Saloon. It's right on Guadalupe, right next to Kirby Lane. We'll be posted up there as usual, getting ready for a couple of hours of pregame. Uh, be done about 6 o'clock. You head over to the game and uh, enjoy Texas Tech in Texas. There'll be a lot of Red Raiders down there, Rod, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is one of those games. And uh, I thought you said something yesterday that in our What the Fact segment that I hadn't, uh, you know, I guess I thought about it, but you put it in great terms as a former player who played in this game. You know, when it was the Aggie game, there was no doubt about, you know, distractions or not being ready to play that mm-hmm. game because it was such a rivalry. Oh, yeah. And you, you pointed to it. It's kind of like Ohio State-Michigan. You would point to it all year. Yep. When that game went away in uh, 2011, then it was a rotating, you know, Tech, TCU. TCU. And, mm-hmm. and then you could see it becoming kind of a distraction week. The students all go home. Yep. Student section's not there. Crowd's not as hype. Uh, And for players, you know, you got Thanksgiving, you got, you know, family family coming uh, in and all that. Yeah, you're right. I do think the the, the fact that the Longhorns are playing for big things, championships and maybe more. That helps. uh, Conference championships. And – the you know the Joey McGuire stuff whether there's stuff to it I mean uh, you know, yesterday Sark downplayed the Brett Yormark comments and Brett Yormark the commissioner of the Big Twelve will be there oh, yeah. I thought he gave a very diplomatic answer yesterday to that hey, question take the high road Sark There's take the high road, yeah. uh, the high road but baby. but you know that's uh, there, there's no doubt that the, the the Texas Tech Red Raiders will have the Longhorns full attention for this game because of the comments the loss last year and just uh, the the mission that you're Sark to say the mission that they're on mm-hmm. to finish the deal I could see this game be you know blessing we've seen it over the last decade but i think this this game there's kind of like the iowa state game it's personal for texas right now yeah you got the and you know you got 
all of the bulletin board material and the trash talk has been going on for you know an entire year now. The off season, they were talking trash after the game. Oh, there's, re- there's receipts kept. Yeah, I'm not. So I'm not worried <laughs> about the, the Longhorns being focused, like you said. They and they have a path now to the college football playoff. I mean, it, that's you. You would hate to have a letdown when you have a path. Now you can have an off game, but that's what we like. We just said we like about this team, much like the Philadelphia Eagles. They do find ways to win ugly games where they don't play complete games. They don't play four four quarters. And that was something I think Longhorn fans were panicking about. And, you know, about you know, five weeks ago, right, six weeks ago, I came to the conclusion that, hey, I think this, this is who they are. And then they win like that. And I would say, I would say it was probably more, one of their more complete games. Um, and they didn't play a complete game, actually, because in the first half, the offense struggled to find its rhythm and find its groove. So I just think they are what they are, but be satisfied with a 10-1 team. <laughs> right, that could oh, have a chance think... to play in the college football playoff. To hell with all the, the you know, complete game, complete team stuff. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> who cares when you're when you're at this point in the season and you're winning games? Agreed. And uh, as Sark said yesterday, come out and celebrate this team because yeah. it's gotten this this senior class, especially uh, 25, 26 players, and you know a lot of names that you know very well. And then some guys that you probably don't even know the names because they're walk-ons or they're you know support behind the the, the scenes there. But yeah. uh, you know these are these are the Tavondre Sweats, these are the uh, Jalen Fords, the Jade Barons. I mean Christian Jones. These guys have poured a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this program to help turn it. Yeah. We're here when it wasn't so good, and you fans know that very well. And now it's you know playing for a Big 12 championship and maybe more. Uh, that should be celebrated because it is the final home game ahead of what could be a trip up to Arlington the following week Yes, sir. for the Big 12 title game. So what do you have for us and what the facts there, Rod B? Uh, so Xavier Worthy, on the uh, punt return that called, the punt return for a touchdown that was called back because of the, uh, the flag, yeah. Keaton Crawford, the block in the back. He got up to 22.7 miles per hour. Damn according to uh, the speedometer, basically, uh, from Real Analytics. 22.7 miles per hour. That was the, uh, the fastest player in, the college, in week 12 of the college football season, um, according to these analytics. There you go. Hey, I told 7. you when we talked last week about the F1 crowd being in Vegas all weekend. You can go. F1 crowd. Yeah. Uh, F1 race. That's a different kind of wealth, Rod. Different oh, kind of money. Yeah. Uh, according to Joe Pompolano, the business guy. Dealers at the Wynn Casino in Las Vegas on Saturday, day of the race, split $700,000 in tips. In tips? Each dealer went home with 2000 bucks. Five to six times there are more than, normally they make three fifty to 400 average. Damn. Highest amount in Wynn's 18-year history. Making it rain. How about Ooh. 700 Gs in tips, Rod? Man. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad they shared it in holiday spirit. They're feeling good about it. It's a holiday spirit, man. Good for them. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, that's a different kind of money. Hey, with, pay it for it, man. Pay it for you it. Know, you know, tip generously. The airport was jammed with private jets. They couldn't have another one. Yeah. I mean, rich, rich people should tip more than just a gin pop. Oh. We, we tip between 15 and 20. They should be tipping between 25 to 40%. You know what I mean? They got that kind of bread. Yeah. Well, you know, share the wealth. Share it's, the wealth. It's Thanksgiving. How about going home with two grand after a night of dealing blackjack? Not and bad. It, hey, you only tip, though, when you're winning, right? Most yeah. of you, so that means they're winning. All right? You tip and you, if you're losing, you don't tip as much when you lose. And leave the table. You leave just like call a chip to it and get the hell out. Hey, coming up, Rod will have a rant. We'll also reset the headlines. The uh, heartbreak for the Chiefs last night. Great win for the Eagles on Monday Night Football. And we will hear Sark's uh, four and a half, five minutes uh, thought on culture. I think it's worth your time on this Tuesday morning. Hook him up with Ian Rod B.